This is Todd Zwillick with The Takeaway. At the beginning of this week, President Obama nominated Elena Kagan, the Solicitor General, to be the next Supreme Court Justice. That was on Monday, and by Wednesday, Kagan was on the Hill to begin the ritual of meeting with the senators who will help decide her fate. Now, by the time Kagan got to Capitol Hill, she was exercising another Supreme Court nomination ritual, silence. Kagan made a brief statement along with the president at her nomination ceremony at the White House on Monday, and then after that, said very little at all. So what we're left with on Capitol Hill is trying to interpret the statements and experiences of some of the senators who will be responsible for vetting her nomination. As Kagan made the rounds on Capitol Hill paying courtesy calls on senators, I caught up with some of those senators to see what they think about her nomination and how it's likely to play out in the rarefied atmosphere of the Senate Judiciary Committee, where later this summer, before cameras and the whole nation, Elena Kagan will sort of be on trial herself. Here's Utah Republican Senator Orrin Hatch, a senior member of the Judiciary Committee, who began by describing who he believes the president has actually nominated here. Well, uh, first of all, let's just understand, President Obama's not going to appoint a moderate to the court. Uh, he's going to appoint a liberal, and that's what he's done here. And anybody who didn't know that just isn't dealing with the real world. The question is, is, is that person's judicial philosophy one that will respect and uphold the Constitution and the laws of the land as passed by duly elected representatives when they are not unconstitutional? And that's a real question. That's, uh, that goes right to the heart of judicial philosophy. Uh, I don't know what her judicial philosophy is at this point. I do know a lot about her. I, I personally like her. Uh, I disagree with her on a number of things. You know, I disagree with what happened at Harvard on, on military recruitment. Uh, look, these are young men and women who are willing to risk their lives for us. They ought to be treated with respect, and the recruiters ought to be treated with respect. And uh, it's a very serious problem, as far as I'm concerned. On the other hand, uh, there, there are other things that are very good about her. So, you know, I, all I can say is that let's see if, uh, if she's going to be impartial and fair. That goes a long way in my eyes. Do you think that she has opened herself up to unusually probing or unusually hard questions? I, I suspect one of her first statements will be that we law professors make a lot of outrageous comments. We, we make a lot of uh, hypotheticals, and uh, we shouldn't be held responsible for those. And, uh, and, uh, but they did hold uh, Judge Bork responsible. And, uh, you know, but that's the difference between the way Republicans treat them and Democrats treat them. There's some big guy back here with No VC here. Those aren't castanets you're hearing or termites. They're actually the fluttering camera shutters of the press pool as we enter the room to find Elena Kagan and Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell sitting waiting for their photo op. Well, I, I want to welcome uh, Solicitor General Kagan uh, to the Capitol. Congratulate her on her uh, nomination. Uh, I know this will be a, uh, a challenging process to go through. It always is for a lifetime appointment of this consequence. But I want to assure her and assure uh, the public that we intend to go through a, an opportunity to examine the Solicitor General's uh, credentials and evaluate that, of course, principally through the Judiciary Committee. And so 
welcome to my office. I look forward to talking to you a little bit later. Thank you very much, Senator. California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein is a member of the Judiciary Committee. She's seen a lot of these confirmations come and go at all levels of the court, and she has a pretty good idea how they usually play out. I've been through enough of these now to really, this is a difficult process, and the nominees have all learned how to handle the question with an indirect answer, not a direct answer. Um, like, oh, I think that's right, or oh, um, I believe in precedent, or yes, stare decisive is critical and I will follow it. And then it kind of all goes out the window. Um, I think what you do get is you get a view of how the nominee handles pressure, uh, how under fire they reason, how they take questions that they couldn't possibly have anticipated in one of the murder boards that they've been through. And I think it does reveal the kind, it gives textual feeling to the character, to the disposition, and also to the intelligence of the nominee. More than that, I don't really believe you get a crisp answer on what is your position on this blue dress. You know, you just don't. What do you because she has a lack of background, does that make it even harder then? Because there I is no. I don't think it does make it harder. But it's strange. She made it would you prefer someone who is. No, there, are, there isn't a lot easier? out there to shoot at. Now, they're going to try to find things, and the net is going to be a fine one that's no doubt going to be dragged through her past. But I don't think they're going to find very much. But would you have preferred someone who had a record, a longer record, where you could tell specifically where she stood on some of well, these issues? Well, you know, that's anybody's guess. And it's not up to me to prefer. Um, you know, I think she's a very good nominee. She's not an ingenue. She's been through the confirmation process. And Solicitor General is a tough confirmation process. She's done it once. I think she'll do it twice. Do you expect more from her, though, given her past comments about the, the uh, nomination process? Well, nomination what, you, what you expect from a Supreme Court nominee is the paragon, is the apex of hearings. It is, this is the top. Um, this is a very big deal. And therefore, how are these nominees, or the individual, handling this? A performance, in other words, not a substantive interchange. Well, it's more than a performance. It's also a substantive interchange. And how they handle it, and whether we have huh, the ability to ask a question that really brings out the answer that we want. Oh, I don't mean the answer we want, but let me say that again. How we ask a question that they can't dodge with oh, I agree with that, or that's accepted principle, or whatever the euphemism is. You're running out so, of time. Okay, i got to go vote. Thank you. Vermont Democrat Patrick Leahy is, of course, chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and he had some advice for Kagan as they sat in front of the press corps. I see. This is where they'll, somebody will ask the, the wild question, but that's what they're paid to do, but then... Just ignore it. Yeah. Everybody got everything they need? Is Kagan any reflection on being on the other side of the, of the fence and the confirmation process? <laughs> uh, good answer. Thank you. There we go. Can you 
you say, wish you could talk. You look like you wish you could talk. Let me respond. Miss, Miss Kagan and I are going to, to meet just one-on-one -on -one after all of you have left. Thank you. I'm going to talk about that after. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I think they're important, though. <laughs> There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.